Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast. My name is Chris, I'm your host as usual on this wet, windy, miserable November Monday, the 7th of November. Um, that's the down bits out of the way. I had to get it in, but it is very gross here. Uh, but I'm joined by Mr. Jeremy Smith. Uh, Jez, it's, um, yeah, winter is here, isn't it? I think it's fair to say. Yeah, it is, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm already looking at, like, how quickly can we get through November? How quickly can we get past Christmas and then start looking forward again? But hey-ho, we've got a World Cup in two weeks. That'll be fun. Yay. Anyway, more on that later on. We're going to, uh, as usual, go through the weekend's action. Uh, just me and Jez this week, as Phil's got a personal date to attend with. So if this one, if this episode comes out a little bit later than the day we're recording, uh, just bear with us a little bit on that one. Right then, Jez, I wanted to start the weekend's sort of review, if you will, um, pick out a couple of games. And I wanted to to start with probably the most most exciting game of the weekend, arguably, which was on the Saturday evening. And that was Ajaxio in Strasbourg. Ajaxio ran out 4-2 winners, which in itself would probably be a bit of a headline maker, given the fact that their season has not been stellar by any means and the fact they ended up with a red card as well but there was a lot more to tell in that story Belgar's free kick and a delightful Kevin Gamero lob had the away side in front and two up and seemingly cruising and then Belali's penalty Idrisi's lovely turn and shot second Belali penalty and then Nuri's uh, 45th plus two um, sort of fourth goal in the in the 45th plus two minute 47th to you and I uh, two things to ask you here is this a sign that there is life in Ajaxio? Because not only have they won the game, but they've scored goals. And what on earth does this mean for Strasbourg? Because I think we said last week this was a game they had to surely get something out of. Uh, yeah, I think definitely signs of life. I mean, I still would have them more likely to go down than not. But I think Belaili coming in has been a stroke of genius and he's sort of really given them a lot of creativity and and probably is kind of a class above a lot of the other players. And although his two goals were penalties, I think he also set up the last one by sort of sitting up across. And, and you know, there was the other day he came on and, and had that brilliant slaloming run to, to set up an important goal as well. So um, I think he can make a difference. And as we said, I think you've got to kind of, Teams like that have to look at it as a mini league and they just need to get results against the teams around them. Um, and then, obviously, if you can get a bonus, like an away win at the Velodrome, that's that's even better. So, you know, beating Brest, hard-earned draw. This is just recent weeks. Hard-earned draw against Troyes. Um, okay, lost against Auxerre, which is kind of points against in that mini league, but then beating Strasbourg back on track. If they can sort of win more points than they drop in those those matches, then they've got a fighting chance. Um, it's always going to be a little bit of a difficult place to go, kind of hostile atmosphere. Um, and yeah, as I said, I think beforehand it was sort of relatively turgid and predictable, but with Belaili, you know, he's classic sort of mercurial talent who one week could do absolutely nothing and the next week be a um, a match winner. Um, so with someone like that, I think there's a, you always got a good chance of getting keep cheeky couple of points somewhere where it only looked like it was going to be one or one point where it looked like it was going to be none. Um, and that might be enough at the end of the season. 
Mm. Yeah, 100%. And, and it, it's on, sometimes it's on results like this that seasons turn. I mean, that just that one win for them, which actually that is alone, took them off the bottom of the table and into the 17th. And now they are just a point behind Nantes in 16th and quote unquote safety. So it's it's a huge win for them. But on the flip side of the coin... Well, next match is non-Ajaxio before the break. That's that's huge. And actually right, after yeah. that, Ajaxio at home to Angers. So yeah. you know, they could get sort of three, four points from those two matches. Yeah, massive. It's on the on the Sunday, isn't it? That game, Ajaxio and Nantes. That is suddenly huge. So yeah, good, good shout. Good shout that man. That's probably one of the games to look at for the weekend for sure. On the um on the flip side though, I mean Strasbourg, their next game it is at home to Lorient, which ironically we'll probably touch on briefly later on. They they lost again at home this weekend to PSG, unfortunately. So not in the best of form, but have been in good form this season. So it will be another tough one for, for Strasbourg. Is it, if you were in control of that situation, would you be looking at replacing Stefan, you know, in this next coming period of time when we break the World Cup? Or is it just a case of almost second season syndrome where a club overperforms and then the next season they really struggle? I'm not sure they did overperform last year because I do think on paper they've got a Good squad, good deep squad, you know, relatively deep. But, you know, there is talent there. There's enough quality there that you're keeping decent players on the bench each week. And I think what works a little bit in his favour is that they have had um, quite a lot of injuries to to contend with. But I think a lot of them are coming back now. Um, And, you know, in... uh, Okay, Ajok's, I think, injured, but... um, and no, actually, he came back, he was playing. You know, when you've got that front three, Diallo, Gamero, Ajork, I think Bellegarde, Thomason, we've talked about what, what talented sort of underrated midfielders. They are Delaine, who they, they got from Mess, who provides a lot of creativity and some, you know, really good crossing. There's there's talent through that team. Sales, we've said before, is an underrated goalkeeper. And frankly, to, to give up a two-goal lead like that is not really good enough. And, you know, as you alluded to the the quality of the two goals in themselves sort of says something about the fact that you know this is a good team with good players and and yeah i i don't think that's acceptable from two goals down with the team you've got to to then concede four um is 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 pretty bad and to me speaks of sort of bigger issues and yeah i've said before though i think he's a good manager i'm not his biggest fan i I just get the impression that Stefan is a sort of wannabe Mourinho who kind of thrives on on the creation of tension. And although I think less of that has come out here than at than at Wren, I wonder if that is the issue now and, and maybe it is time for a change. Mm, yeah, and I guess then the question would be whom, but uh, we'll probably deal with that in another day. But not a not a good weekend at the office for Strasbourg. And it's so strange because Seeing that game at the time, I mean, they were 2-0 up and they were absolutely in control. And they just all switched on that first goal back for Jaxio and everything went a bit wonky for them. Um, I'm not going to go into this game in any depth, but should point out as well that after last week, we we were sort of talking about Angers and they lost again at the weekend um, by two goals to one against a very much informed Lens side who that's four straight wins for them and they are out on their own in second place now. Um, on Gerard, currently bottom only eight points this season, which is kind of scary for them. Uh, I think it's sort of one of those games that I don't think they would necessarily have looked to have taken anything from, but 
there was a bit of fight, I would say that. And I think you were alluding to that last week, saying, well, under Patti Clay, it's possibility that they would get themselves out of this, but this maybe wouldn't have been a game that they would have earmarked as one to take points from, I think it's fair to say. And um, and all props to naught. That um, result left the so next game we're going to focus on, which was the Sunday game, uh, the Olympico, if you will, between uh, Marseille and Lyon. Would be would be unfair to say it didn't quite ever get going. Would that be fair? And what you saw, I must say, ended up running out one nil winners. Um, I, th- I feel like Leon probably did enough to to get a draw. If I'm completely honest, must say we're hanging on for dear life. But Samuel Hugo's header, literally on the stroke of half time, was enough to win it for Marseille in a week that wasn't much fun for them. Which you can feel free to touch on as well. Yeah, I just I thought it was, as you said, like certainly compared to some of the fireworks we've seen in matches between them in recent years, not necessarily high scoring, but either better quality or even if the quality is not there, at least, you know, some good fights and needle. This one was all a bit low key. And I think it just probably smacked of two clubs that are not in the best of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, Marseille were coming off. I can't remember how many, but a good few matches without without a win in the league. And then obviously the disappointment of, of Europe, which we'll come back to. Um, and Lyon coming off the back of a couple of sketchy wins, but obviously not where they want to be at this stage of the season in general. So And still sort of finding themselves. So I think we saw that in the match. And yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, not saying they deserved it draw because they didn't score but um on the balance of play I think Lyon arguably made made more of the running had more of the chances but I just think certainly going forward maybe too too many players had an off day I thought it was interesting that again Blanc's changes at half time probably improved the team as they did last week and as ever, when that happens with the coach, you can kind of say, well, that's that's good coaching or it's bad coaching that he made, you know, he put out the wrong formation of the wrong players in the first place. But, you know, you can't really complain with starting with um, Dembele and Lacazette up front because Lacazette certainly has been in great goal-scoring form since Blanc's been there and, and he and Dembele seem to be striking up a good partnership. Awa sort of looked interested the last couple of weeks, but I thought, those three in particular were were very disappointing in the yeah. first half, especially. And um, I thought Toko Kambi, I know he gets a lot of criticism, but I think at least he's always sort of positive and looking to move forward and work hard. Um, and I thought Ren Adelaide was excellent when he yeah. came on, um, which I'm really pleased about generally for him because he's you know he's really been through the mill, and I'd, I'd love him to sort of get fight his way back into the starting lineup and, and have a good run in the team. Um, but unfortunately, you know, there were some lovely through balls that maybe players weren't exactly on the same wavelength as him. And then, yeah, I thought Marseille soaked it all up relatively comfortably. Lopez made a couple of important saves when he needed to. And and then, you know, maybe you can mention it with PSG and Lorient as well. Sometimes it seems unfair that a goal from a goal mouth scramble or, you know, a, a sort of basic header from a from a corner or something, because this in this case, because Dembele basically let Shiko, you know, gave, gave him a free header. Sometimes it feels unfair that those goals are worth the same as a worldie. Mm. And you know, I thought that looking at PSG's match as well, you know, a 
awful goalkeeping mistake and a yeah, well, yeah. and a sort of classic centre half header from a corner mm. cancelled out a fantastic passing move from Lorient, but you know that's yeah. the way it goes. And same here, you know, Marseille did what they needed to do, and and then were as I said, relatively comfortable. I mean, yeah, Lyon made all the running and played the better football, but they it wasn't exactly all hands on deck. They weren't, you know, it wasn't goal line clearances or anything like that. So yeah, I guess Marseille just did did the necessary and and they'll look to sort of have turned that that dodgy corner and, and improve a bit. And Lyon was always but I think it with Lyon it was all about just getting to the to the break and then seeing what Blanc can do during the break. Um so yeah. It's it's kind it's kind of like like you said, isn't it? Like where you get two big clubs together when when the game doesn't quite fulfil its potential, you do sort of sit there and think, are either that good or was it just sort of an off night? Or like you said, Marseille they were they hadn't won in four, three straight defeats and a draw but against Strasbourg last time out. Um, you know, it, it wasn't sort of a, a good week for them and as you mentioned, they took the lead in that Spurs game, and we were all quite quite happy with that. And then it all just went to to crumble. Just quickly on Spurs game. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say after, after that Spurs game, the the situation with Igor Tudor and sort of saying that his players were naive at the end, and but he couldn't get the message across for to keep someone back so they could stay in Europe. Did you buy that? Because I, I I don't know. I just I can sort of see where he's coming from, but I almost felt like Marseille were. Were, were not interested in Europa football. It was all about getting through the Champions League or, or bust. And, and that's kind of what happened when they went bust, basically. I mean, the first thing to say is that I felt a bit sorry for them because I think they were by far the better team and were, were yeah. pretty unlucky to... A draw would have been harsh, let alone yeah. a defeat. First half um, alone, they should have had three, shouldn't they, realistically? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, Loris has not always been in the greatest of form it's sort of typical that Marseille and have kind of basically not qualified because in the last match a Frenchman scored the winner against them for Frankfurt and in this one goalkeeper as a worldie and, and long live all people score scores for Spurs as well French goalkeeper I mean so yeah it's kind of ironic but um yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, European nights at Marseille, I don't think they're ever going to really turn that down. But that said, probably qualifying for next year's Champions League is that little bit more important. But I think that, um, you know, certainly, I mean, Harrit's quotes after the match kind of saying, you know, to say that he basically said, yeah, we didn't know that a draw would have been enough. But basically, at halftime, I think Sporting were winning. So as far as they knew, they had to win or they were out of Europe. Frankfurt, by the end of the match, Frankfurt were leading, which meant that Marseille only needed a draw to qualify for the Europa League. Harrit said the players weren't told about that. And he clearly made it known that he was pretty pissed off that they didn't know. I... First of all, there were similar stories coming out of PSG, the fact that they didn't know that they maybe needed to score one more goal or something to make sure they got first place. And uh, I'm first, I'm in a little bit embarrassed that yet again, Ligue 1 seems a little bit less savvy than than other clubs, just on little things like that. Even, 
but part of me also thinks we should should have been playing to hold on at least for the draw anyway. Like, well, and there's um, I don't know which midfielder it was, but you look at the Spurs winner. Okay, he's probably knackered, but there was a Marseille player in the centre of the pitch who did not move. I mean, he wasn't even walking back. He just didn't move. He just let the play go past him. And and I think that maybe using the the excuse of of not knowing that only a draw was needed maybe hides other issues there that they just yeah. didn't have the stamina or nous or whatever to hold on to that draw. Yeah. Yeah, it was um it was it was a tough break and oh, I think ultimately yeah losing that late goal was a real kick in the teeth and and you did mention we might as well touch on that while we're here as well PSG also finishing second in the group. We'll come on to the draw in a second but that was just a bit of a freak set of circumstances, wasn't it? I mean, I don't really think they they went to Juventus and did the job. They they won the game out there. I don't think anyone really saw Benfica, albeit who are in good form, notching six goals away from home. I mean, that was just crazy situation, wasn't it? In the end, but that meant PSG finished second. Do you did you feel that there should have been more communication in that situation, or is it just one of those sort of freak freak occurrences? I think he should have been. I think there should have been, but um, at the same time, I don't. You know, yes, two one at Juventus, and Juventus are picking up form, but that is still a decent enough result. But I also don't think PSG have looked particularly great in this group stage, and maybe they just didn't have it in them. And you know, with hindsight, oh, not with hindsight, maybe in a few months we'll look back and say, well, you know, for once PSG didn't sail easily through the the group stage but they they saved their better performances for later in the season in the in the competition um and then we'll say it was all fine but um and i think often in recent seasons it hasn't made much difference whether you finish first or second but this year it it does it does feel like in some cases there's quite a big gulf between first and second and i think they were opening themselves up to to having a pretty tough draw if they finish second so maybe they should have put in a little bit more of a shift to try to get that second goal um yeah and obviously now they've got Bayern who you know haven't had things all their own way this season in Champions League all right but in the Bundesliga it hasn't been entirely straightforward but they're back on track they're back on the top um they've got players that sort of disregarding the World Cup um, have not really hit the heights yet. They've got Chupo Motting, who's um, in very good form and is, you know, arguably the pivot that Mbappe needs. Um, so it's a really tough draw for PSG. You know, it's a tough draw for Bayern. It's probably one of the hardest draws they could have as well. So I'm not saying PSG are, are sort of massive underdogs or anything like that, but a very good team is going to be knocked out and PSG maybe should have tried a little bit harder to make sure that they weren't in that position. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It was quite quite the balmy evening of, of Champions League and, and should say, although, you know, not in great form, that win over Juventus was, was no small feat and, you know, credit to them for coming out and getting that uh, particular result. We could actually touch on the other team's in European competition, if you wanted to, at this point, because it seems like a good segue in, doesn't it? And we can look at the the draws before returning to the league on action. Um, we 
we've got so we, we were trying to work this out before the before the street before the, we started streaming today so the nice are already through in the europa conference it is isn't it um to the last 32 because they won their group yeah however the other and stop me if i'm wrong here we'll put <laughs> this out between us the other three sides them being ren Nantes and Monaco are all going to have to play in the round of 16, which is in early February, to potentially qualify for the next stage because they finished second in their group as a, as a result of their Can I just Sorry, I forgot. Can I just add one more thing about PSG Bayern very quickly? Mm, sure. The dates of their two legs are the exact same dates as the... Oh, yeah. win and then 6-1 defeat to Barcelona so if you're looking for omens I don't know what there is your omen right there yeah, exactly <laughs> um the um the results for the the clubs that say that that go into that round so like we say Nice managed to get through um their particular time but we'll focus on the three Europa League teams so Olympiacos um a really good result for not actually to go to Greece and win 2-0 was absolutely fantastic and that secured them uh, the second place qualification. Monaco, meanwhile, knew that they had to win at home to Kresvena Zven... 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 Zventa. <laughs> Let's go with that. The Croatian side, uh, they won 4 1, so no issues for them. And also that secured them into second place. And Ren, a little bit disappointing for them, I think, because they would, would have been looking to win that group. Uh, but they only uh, ended up a draw with, uh, with AEK Lanaka at home, the Cypriot side. So that qualified them in second spot. Um, all of that means, Jess, that in February we will see Monaco, these are both two legged ties, of course. Monaco will play by Leverkusen, who dropped out of the Champions League. Um, and we will see Ren against Shakhtar Donetsk, who I believe are playing in Poland. I think I'm right in saying their home games. And uh, Nolt have got Juventus. So that's a, a tough looking task for them. Uh, and then, like we say, we'll find out who Nice get once the Europa, uh, Euro, Europa, Europa League, um, Conference League, sorry, last 16 are played. Then we'll see who Nice will get in the round in the next round or the last eight. Or, well, no, it'll be the last 16 when it's last 82 now. Um, of those clubs in the Europa League, do you give any of our three French sides or principality sides and two French sides much of a chance in those those fixtures? I think you, you quite fancy Ren, don't you, in that tie? I think non-Juventus non um, is just... I mean, it's interesting just sort of for nostalgia's sake because... It just sort of hearts back to the great non team or what was left of the great non team that um qualified for the the semi-finals of the of the Champions League in ninety-six. Um and only just lost. I think they lost the first leg two 0 and then won the second leg three two. So that was a hard fought match, but obviously uh lots lots has changed since then. And I would say that Juventus are generally in a much better position than than Nantes are right now. Um obviously Juventus have got their their issues as well and uh have regained some form as we said but you know certainly are where aren't where they would like to be right now in in Serie A um and it'll be interesting to see how seriously they take this now they've dropped out of, of the Champions League and again their priority has got to be qualifying for next year's Champions League um but I would still put them as sort of comfortable favourites over Nantes and then the other two yeah I think Ren, as usual get a lot of luck as you know it's as easy a draw I think as they could have hoped for um you know it's still a 
long journey, a cold journey, but as you said, they're not even going to be playing against home fans. Um, Shakhtar Donetsk have had a lot of their sort of their coach, as I know, as a Brighton fan, and, and a lot of their players sort of um, pulled out of the squad because of everything that's going on. So, yeah, I think that's a really kind draw for Ren. And then Monaco Leverkusen, I think it's really interesting because I think both teams are so sort of, um, I'll say schizophrenic, it's not a very nice word to use, but on their day, both teams can be great or awful. Um, Leverkusen started the season really badly, but are really picking up now in a really good 5-0 win against Union Berlin, who who are leaders um, in Bundesliga at the weekend. The RB is back on form and he, he seems to have lost it. So um, that's a tough draw, but it could be the most intriguing. I think you know, on paper, definitely the of those three, probably the one to watch. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel and, and I feel like with the the non game, it's almost like depends what Juventus is going to be then, doesn't it? As well, because obviously they've not been grateful that they. They did get a win over Inter, of course they did last night. Um, you just wonder what side we're going to be facing. And then, as you said, Shakhtar, over two legs, you feel like Ran could come through that one. Um, and again, Leverkusen have been having an awful time in in the uh, in the Bundesliga, but they're under Xabi Alonso now, isn't it, the new coach? I think they beat Union Berlin 5-0 at the weekend, who were top of Bundesliga at the time. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a tough set of games. Um, when you look at the other teams that have gone through, I think there could have been much easier draws. Um, I used the word easy loosely, but you know what I mean. I feel like they could have had um, sort of better better circumstances. But it is what it is. Uh, we will, of course, cover those when they come around. And going back to domestic situations here and coming back to Liga, um, just a couple of um, results I'm just going to read through quickly and then uh, I'll ask you about one of the other teams. Uh, we got um, Clermont and Montpellier drawing one all. That was on the Sunday. Um, I'm kind of impressed with Clermont. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I feel like they're they're overperforming this season. Um, well, how long that's going to go on for? Who knows? But a good result for them in this one. I don't know. I don't know if you saw the highlights of this one, but Teji Savanier's penalty it made the nicest noise. Is it? Mm-hmm. it just <laughs> it's the little things, isn't it? And uh, Rashani got the equaliser there for Clermont. Uh, nice against Brest. This is the one that makes all the 12-year-olds titter every time they uh, see this fixture. Uh, you can work that one out. Why? Gaetan Laborde with the only goal of this game um, with a Diop assist in that particular one. Nice just maybe slowly turning the corner of, uh, in recent times. A uh, good win for them. Uh, following Balogun got yet another winner. Uh, for Rams, as they beat, we mentioned Nantes a minute ago. Ten men Nantes were defeated. That's uh, it's another penalty to be fair to him. He likes the pens, but he keeps putting them away. And a uh, good result that Palois was the man to receive two bookables in that particular game. Nobody's shocked by that one. Toulouse nil, Monaco two. Uh, did you see the goals from this one? Uh, I know you're a big fan of Alexander Golovin. Um, <laughs> it was a great his... goal. It was a good one, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and Breland Bolos wasn't bad either. For the uh, the second one, a good result that for Monaco, as we know, Toulouse have been uh, have been have a decent enough time of it since returning to Liga this season. And uh, Trois and Auxerre drew on the Friday night game as well. That was one one. Uh, Peran getting the equaliser for Auxerre after Ronnie Lopez had put Trois in front. And I've left out just the one game there, which was Lille 
against Rem. We've kind of covered both these two clubs' European um, sort of exploits, if you will. But um, this was another game that, you know, on paper, I, um, I thought it would be, be a doozy. Don't get it wrong, wasn't a bad game. wasn't a bad game at all, but just sort of felt like there was something missing from it. I, I can't quite put my finger on it. It ended in a 1-1 draw, Jose Font putting the home side in front, uh, Benjamin Borrego equalising from the penalty spot. Uh, Melling was sent off in stoppage time uh, for Ren in that one as well. Is it is it one of those results that both sides will look at and go sort of shrug at each other and go, yeah, well, OK, that's done then. Sort of just one ticked off because Ren sits third now and uh, Lille sits seventh. So it's not a catastrophe for either side, is it? No, but I thought Lille were robbed. I think they were by far the better team, and I thought the penalty was an absolute disgrace. Yeah, so that's I think Ren should be happy. I don't think Lille should be happy at all. Mm. Um, yeah, I think Montanda had a really good game. Probably yeah, very good timing yeah. with the France squad being announced this week. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought Lille bounced back. I was going to say bounced back well from their defeat last week. I mean, they were very unlucky to lose to Lyon last week as well. So to get one point from two very good performances, I think must be really frustrating for them. And Ren have got to look at it and say, you know, when we play well, we slaughter teams. And when we play badly, we're still scraping draws. And that's the sign of a good team. So uh, they'll definitely be happier. But Johan Hamel, who... Mess fans despise because he always seems to give dodgy decisions against Mess. Um, clearly, he doesn't reserve those just for for us. <laughs> Great, and it's um it's a result that snaps the the Ren winning run. They were on four straight wins, and then uh, this game ended that one with the the draw. Do you, do you feel like um both these sides? Uh, do, do you feel like there's a bit of a bun fight going on for second place now? Because we saw we've seen Lorient up there for. a quite a long period of the season I think even I can admit that realistically they weren't going to finish there but when I look at the table now you've got Lens who are five points clear in second now and then underneath them Rennes, Marseille, Monaco, Lorient, Lille, Lyon even Nice now down in ninth it is a bit of a bun fight isn't it all of a sudden for the kind of the, the next best team if you were to put your house on one of those being there at the end of the season in second place that is assuming, I, I assume you think PSG will win the league. Which of those you've been most impressed with? And given that three of them are still in, or sorry, two of them, no, three of them are still in Europe, does that sort of change your thinking about who would potentially finish second? If I had to put my house on one of them, I think I'd go with Ren. Mm. Yeah, I'm um, thinking the same. Depending on who they keep, of course, because I guess that's the other caveat situation in January is if they're raided yeah I can't see that that anyone's going to do huge business in January anywhere Mm. Um, but I just think Ren have got a relatively nice balanced squad and real attacking power you know Marseille are hard to beat but I just feel that there's not enough who was it? Um, I think it was Eric Dimeco, former Marseille defender, who was extremely rude about Luis Suarez after the after the Spurs match. Um, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't think they've got enough. Goal scorers, who, as I said earlier, turn those draws into wins, and and you know, like like Ren did yesterday, those defeats into sketchy draws. I think Ren are going to do that more often than not because they've got enough players who 
can score a goal and hide a bad performance here and there. I don't think Marseille can. Monaco. Like they're always on the point of doing one or the other, like exploding in a really positive way or a really bad way. Mm. Um, Ren, I think, also, you know, they're arguably all their stars, star players are all of them, you know, Terrier, Canemwendo, Bougiro, for example. It's unlikely that any of them are going to be in the World Cup squad, um, which helps them, helps them rest. Lance, as well, I think, could do could benefit from the fact that they're not going to have too many players at the World Cup. Um, mm. I think they finished seventh the last two years and both years, but especially last year, they fell away. And I think we're probably unlucky to only finish seventh. I think they're better placed this year to to really sustain their challenge. So it's a cop out, but I think second and third will come from current second to fifth. I yeah. feel like Lille and Lyon have both shown over the last couple of weeks that they can beat teams, but can also easily lose or again, just not have that extra bit of quality that maybe looks like good luck, but is actually just, you know, someone finding something, even though everyone else is having an off day. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good way of putting it. And I do kind of agree that I just, Ren is is the club I look at in that batch, and I just sort of look at them as being the most consistent. I suppose I think that's probably the way I put it. And with Marseille, I I don't know about you, but once again, I feel like the I, I always feel when I'm watching them that they're just one one thing away from a massive, you know, some kind of massive deal. Do you know what I mean? Like it always feels like something's going to go off with them, um, and I wonder how much longer. You look at like someone like Dimitri Payet, of course, is on the bench a lot at the moment. The, the reception he got when he came on last night, and that made me think, how much longer are, the, are people going to, or, or, you know, are the ultras and that going to accept this? Or how how long is it going to be before he unsettles the dressing room? Um, yeah, I don't know. We, we've been down this road before, haven't we? But there's something about the Tudor relationship with, with Marseille. Some, I just feel like something's coming, you know? just one of those things yeah uh, I, I don't think it takes a lot for for the wheels to fall off but um full stop <laughs> but i think it's i don't know like you look at like the previous ellie bop teams or deschamps teams they're as long as they're winning things it doesn't matter if the football's not great but if the football's not great and they're not achieving the things they want to achieve then that's when trouble starts so yeah. that's my concern, especially with being knocked out of Europe, even though they did it in a much better way, if you like, than, than previous previous times, um, mm. which has probably helped a little bit. At least they've kind of, they're not a European laughingstock this time. They've sort of left that to Glasgow. Um, yeah. At least there's, yeah. you know, the, there's still issues there. And although I have to say one thing I thought they excelled at yesterday was simulation and Alexis Sanchez, I thought, was on another level. You know, every yeah, yeah. look at him and he falls over. Mm. And, and I thought they they did, yeah, time wasting in simulation. If you got extra points for that at the end of the season, they'll they'll they'll, they'll be challenging PSG. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I feel I, I feel like with um yeah with Alexis, it, it's it's he's a shadow of the player that that I once watched in the flesh at Arsenal. That that's for sure. But 
you know, age catches up to all of us. I'm sure you and I can vouch for that one. We will just have a look ahead to the weekend's fixtures and then just a very brief bit on France, because uh, as we mentioned in the show, we have got this little thing called a World Cup coming up in what's, what's it, 10 days time. I think it is, which uh, it still doesn't feel it's going to start. And I'm going to be like, oh, World Cup started today. today. Oh, what? <laughs> so weird. Um, but anyway, we'll cross that bridge and we come to it. But we do have one more round of fixtures before then uh, next weekend, starting on the 11th, which is the Friday. We've got a bit of a treat for you on a Friday night. Leon against Nice should be a decent. What well, I've got to stop saying that. I need to stop saying every decent. <laughs> it's Leon Nice. Do with it what you will. Um, but I will be watching that one. We got Lons against Clermont on the Saturday, followed by Rennes against Toulouse in the evening. And then on the Sunday, the early game is PSG against Auxerre. And then the 2 p.m. games, we've got Brest against Troyes, Lille against Angers, Montpellier against Reims, and Nantes against Ajaxio. Um, and uh, that's probably, as we mentioned earlier on, one to keep an eye on, given the significance going into that World Cup for both. Strasbourg against Lorient is the early afternoon game. And Monaco-Marseille, which again, I don't want to say it, but you know where I'm going with this, but that is the evening game at 7.45 UK time on the 13th. So plenty to look forward to there. Um, we will probably do a wrap up next week of how things are going in League Duck because I don't want to upset Jess because I know Mets are playing this evening. I don't want to jinx anything, but we will give you a full rundown on the tables of both League and League Duck probably on next week's show when sort of everything's wrapped up for the World Cup. Uh, so speaking of the World Cup, a couple of bits of news, Jazz, that you've got in terms of the squads and in terms of availability, etc., and so on. What can you tell us? Yeah, a couple of bits of... Well, one's definitely good news. The other one, I suppose, it depends what side of the fence you're on, but I think we're all on the same side here. <laughs> um, good news is that Varane is um, well on track to, to be fit for the squad, uh, which I think is very good news. Um Centre backs is one of those positions where everyone else goes on about how France are the envy of the world. But I still think it's also one of those positions where we've got lots of very decent ones, but how many are world class? The fact that Kimpembe still comes near the squad, let alone the team, um, <laughs> tells me not that many actually. Um, so I think Varane is important, not just sort of on the playing side, but also obviously vice captain. Um, yeah sort of more and more vocal a part of the the sort of small group that were instrumental in creating the sort of charitable arm of the of the world champions they've created an arm where they're going to do a lot of work for charity um part of the sort of you know negotiation of bonuses and and one of the the people that's supported Mbappe and his whole stand about um, sponsorship. So a very, you know, that all of that sort of shows the influence that he has and, and that, you know, he's definitely sort of, I was going to say elder statesman, he's not old, but, um, you know, senior player who's important, not just with his football ability. Um, yeah. And then the other one is that um, RMC Sport, who are usually quite reliable, have said that um, Giroud is definitely going to be in the in the squad. Um, as which, he should be but yeah I mean you know you just look at his his last five days or so you know, mm. midweek scored to set up to a must-win match for Milan that's the thing I mean he's not week in week out but 
he's really a player for the bigger. He he's does big score game. important goals in big games. Mm. So he scored two, set up two, had another one just allowed in midweek for, for the must-win match in the Champions League, and then um, at the weekend scored a like ninety-fifth minute. Winner, brilliant volley, volley. Yeah. and stupidly got sent off, taking a shirt off. But um, to, to be fair, if I had a figure like that, I'd get sent off every week. I mean, <laughs> for a guy who's thirty six, he is not in good shape. Bless him. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, and, and and the athleticism. I mean, I know jokes aside, but you know, we we've we've watched a league where Zlatan did his thing for a number of years at his age. I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with Giroud's mobility. He never had pace to lose. So, you know, if he can come up with that sort of ability to, to finish that kind of shot. I mean, Mbappe's crying out for a forward at PSG. <laughs> worse options than bringing Giroud in there. But yeah. you, you just, you feel like he's vital, really, for France. Well, you, you and I do anyway. Yeah, I mean, as we said, I think um, uh, Mbappe has sort of used Giroud in recent weeks, which I don't think is very nice, considering I think he did very much the opposite last year but maybe that's helped Deschamps decide in Jury's favour I don't know but I do sort of think and hope he has an important role to play you know Benzema's been out for a while and I don't know if he's sort of putting it on a little bit to make sure he's fit for the World Cup or what but I still as we said several times I'm still not 100% convinced that I was going to say Deschamps worked out, but frankly, the players have, as well. I'm not sure Mbappe and Benzema have worked out how to really be effective together. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think, whatever, I've said it enough times, but not because he's a better player, but because of what he brings, I would still consider starting with Giroud. But even if not, I think he can do a job off the bench. I think he can do a job sort of in terms of spirit and, and guidance and that kind of thing as well. So I think it's very important that he's there. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, and just to say, I mean, I don't like all the omens, but because we had it in 2021 where, you know, we said with the Equipe's front page, I think it was ironic, but backfired a bit saying with the envy of the world when Benzema came back and they had him, Griezmann and Mbappe on the front page. In 2002, we went to the World Cup with the top scorers from Italy, Spain, England and France. Maybe not Spain, definitely the others. Um, and didn't score a goal or tournament. Yeah. So, you know, let's not count chickens. But, you know, we've got amongst the top, you know, player of the year candidates in practically every country. we got the Ballon d'Or currently in Germany. I just saw today we've got we've got the if Nkunku's in the squad he's the top scorer in the Bundesliga but I also noticed that I think it's him and Kolo Muani are the joint top assisters mm. Turam's only a couple of goals behind as well um, Giroud's doing Giroud things Mbappe's doing Mbappe things I still think it's all going to go wrong <laughs> I know, I know where you're coming from. I'd like to throw in the name of William Saliba as well into that because he. I mean, I know I'm biased, but obviously I'm watching him every week, so I can kind of afford to be. I would. I mean, if I was Deschamps, I would ditch his right foot, left foot thing and start with Varane and Saliba. Definitely. Same, same here. Yeah. I just I saw I like a tweet feel... yesterday saying in the last ten months, Chelsea have been owned by Abramovich, the British government, Todd Bowley, and William Saliba. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's excellent i like that uh but it's nothing personal uh those of you who know know what i'm referring to there but um yeah i i do i do think he is that that partnership on paper i think it works really well as well i think those two both really good athletes and the experience of iran um the mobility of, of saliba as well i think would complement Varan if there's any concerns over his injury and yeah i just feel like he's the standout uh, sort of character for that position in the midfield no, no, I know. Unless they play three at the back, then maybe. Yeah, well, that's that's the other option. I mean, I, I guess that's the one thing that it sort of interests me is is just what Deschamps is going to do. It's it's going to be uh it's, it's going to be a weird World Cup. We've said this hundred times, but um we will we'll be across it, however long it lasts. Let's hope it lasts for a while, um all the way, ideally. But uh, whatever happens, we we will cover it here. Um, when is the squad announced? Just you know, is it Thursday? Is it Wednesday? Thursday Wednesday. This week? Wednesday. Okay. So uh, just a heads up there next week, obviously we'll do our, our rundown of the weekend's action and then we will probably then discuss the uh, the French squad then or we'll take a bit of time out and then we might try and squidge in a, a sort of pre-World Cup preview podcast um, if Jez and I can work out our times. We'll, no promises as always, but we'll see what we can do, see if we can get somebody together for, to join us for that one. Right, um, that is it for this week though because like I say, Jez has got to go off and watch Mets turn their season around if you can't beat St Etienne just then I, I don't know what to tell you at this stage but um good luck with that one yeah you need it <laughs> yeah but uh we will be back next week um hopefully Phil will be back with us then as well all being well we send our best wishes to her and uh, we will be back uh, next week to go through the weekend's action as usual probably be either Monday or the Tuesday uh, depending on how life hits us but uh, wherever you are, obviously keep yourself dry and warm because it is miserable, as we said at the start of the show. But uh, look after yourselves. Uh, thank you, Jez, for your time today. Much appreciated. No problem. And uh, whatever game that we've picked up for you to watch, which will inevitably end in a 1-0 or 0-0 draw, uh, please do enjoy your French football. We'll speak to you very soon.